Welcome to another edition. You're back on the turf. That's right, the Silver and Black Turf here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network exclusively on SB Nation. I'm your host, Nick Hamilton, alongside my partner in crime, Mr. Scott Winter. We have a lot to talk about. As you know, it's a lot going on in Raider Nation. (laughs) I told you, Raider Nation, I told you people out there what was going to happen when it comes to one, Antonio Brown. We'll get into that as well as the aftermath of him and Mike Mayock and of all people who's trying to be the peacekeeper. Vontez Burfick, does that sound like a recipe for success? I will get into that. And also, we have a very special guest on this episode of the Silver and Black Turf. None other than the NFL Network reporter and insider MJ Acosta. You've seen her all over the story as it pertains to AB and several other Raider stories, as well as the NFL as a whole. So we'll get into her, get her take on what's going on. And also, her as a reporter and as a person. What makes her tick? What makes her stay fired up and stay focused and locked in on doing a great job being a reporter? So we'll get into that as well and so much more here on the Silver and Black Turf. Now, I told you people, y'all wanted to call me out. I wasn't giving A.B. a chance. He has a new surrounding. He has a new opportunity. Even my own partner, my own buddy, my own radio co-host told me I wasn't giving A.B. a fair shot. And you know what? Look what happened. Look at the saga in the in, in the general hospital, the days of our lives, the young and the restless of the situation. Look what has transpired before our eyes. Didn't I tell you people? I told you AB was going to be an issue. I told you the moment the Raiders wanted to roll the dice and play the name game, this was not the best decision. Even though he is a top-notch wide receiver and Derek Carr's future does ride on his success, I told you it was going to be some issues. I didn't know exactly when. I said about maybe week five, week six. If you go back and listen to previous episodes here on the Silver and Black Turf, I told you. And guess what happened? Y'all made me right. Know how you people out there made me right? Because Antonio Brown proved my point to a T. This dude cannot get out of his own way. This is the dude that continues to cause issue. And according to several reporters, including the NFL Network, Some of the players, a lot of the players, I should say, like Antonio Brown as a teammate. And I'm not doubting that. But the the confrontation between him and Mike Mayock is where a lot of players drew the line. And even some players said that, hey, you know what? This is just, it it crossed the line and it may be borderline disrespectful. Now, I'm going to tell you guys in a moment how I believe Mike Mayock was also disrespectful towards AB. I know some of you are shaking your heads and saying, how the hell is Mike Mayock being disrespectful to AB? Well, stay tuned and find out. I got to bring on my guy, Scott Winter, and get his perspective on it. Scott, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. <laughs> oh, you hate <laughs> you. You hate it. Oh, yes, yes. Pour, pour some sugar on that. There you go. Uh, I'm pouring sugar, whipped cream, cherry, uh, <laughs> chocolate sauce with a cherry on top. Damn it. All right. I told you. All right. I will eat my humble pie on that, but I'll tell you what. Would I you like a believe- four-core spoon? Oh, hey, you know what? I'll take a shovel. That's a, big, that's a big humble pie right there. But I'll tell you, though, this is a gamble that you make when you try to get a player like this. And, you know, that was the only way that they were going to get, you know, a top wide out at this caliber 
that that was the only way it was going to happen. You know, you can't, you're not going to get Antonio Brown if he doesn't come with baggage. It, it just doesn't happen. So you got to roll the dice. Now, we don't know yet if, we, yes, we have some bumps and all kinds of bruises and all kinds of luggage being opened up, but we don't know yet how that's going to affect the season because it can go one of two ways. Uh, this was a, this was a, a challenge to, uh, Mike Mayock's authority and the Raiders, uh, you know, uh, authority as a team, uh, and, and their, and their position as an organization. And Mike Mayock drew the line. So he's showing everybody that, you know, no matter who you are, no matter how much we paid for you, no matter how much we want you on the team, no matter how much we like, you, no matter how much you fit what we're going to do, no matter how much our quarterback success rides on you, we're going to draw the line and everybody is going to be held to the same standard. Now, in the past, that, that didn't happen with, uh, with Reggie, Reggie was a little bit more um, mellow. He uh, he didn't find uh, Mac when he when he held uh, when he held out. He didn't find you know other players when they held out. He just kind of left it low key like that. Well, Mike Mayer's a little bit different story. He's not. He's going to hold people to a certain level of accountability. Now, number two, it could go it could go off the rails. Uh, but at the same time, if the Raiders don't break. If the Raiders don't make an exception and make him and allow him to get away with this, if the Raiders are willing to, you know, use a nuclear option and say, you know, at some point, if his antics or, 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 uh, his behavior becomes a detriment to the team to the point to where it's costing them games, then, you know, they have to be willing to make that sacrifice to say, you know what? We screwed up and, and, and cut him loose. So either, either he's going to step in line and he's going to, he's going to be a manageable, uh, uh, person, you know, and, and do great things for the Raiders or, you know, he's going to go down a while, you know, a, a spiral and it's going to get worse and the Raiders are going to have to make a decision. And if the Raiders uh, uh, tolerate that, it'll affect their future in a way that, that, uh, they really don't want to, they want, don't want to go. So the, I believe if they have to go that route, they'll make that ultimate decision to, to, for the, for the health of the franchise. So it could go either way. You know, you know what? I don't know because I, I question how much of this is really a punishment and how much of this is grandstanding for the media. And what I mean by that is this. Like you said, there's 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 consequences for everything. We know where Reggie McKenzie and I, and I like Reggie McKenzie. I saw him yeah. last week at the USC game, uh, obviously working for the Miami Dolphins organization now. And I think he's a very intelligent, comparable guy. Yeah, um, and absolutely. Yeah, he, he, did let, he did let some things slide that he shouldn't have let slide. Uh, because you gotta, you gotta tighten in the reins. This, but how much is it to you? Does, is it, is it really a punishment or is this this grandstanding for the media and saying, okay, we're gonna put this out there, but, you know, we really have plans behind closed doors that we're gonna, you know, still deal with this guy? That's a good question. Um, we, we both know, uh, that Mike Mayock and, and John Grude, um, are very good, are, are experts at handling the media in their way and putting things out there the way they want out there and things that they don't want out there. Uh, it's a very hush hush organization. The things that get, that, that get put out there, put out there, uh, the things that I've seen anyways, uh, are put out there with purpose. Uh, as opposed to in the past, if you got a leak, it was just, well, you know, something, something slipped. But uh, it seems under this uh, uh, administration, things are put out with a purpose. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that this is the case because uh, past performance doesn't always guarantee future results. But from what I've seen of the, the Mayock Gruden era, it's things are, are kind of slipped out there on purpose with 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 a purpose. Well, I look at it this way. I was happy when when Mike Mayock came out and said, hey, look, A.B., this enough is enough when he first said this guy's either going to be all in or all out. I said, Absolutely. about mm -hmm. damn time. Yeah. 
However, here's the problem. And it was reported that there was an altercation and a verbal altercation that, that potentially escalated to a potential physical altercation between Mike Mayock and Antonio Brown to the point, according to reports, that of all people that tried to play the Gandhi role, tried to play the peacemaker, the Mother Teresa of it all, Vontez Burfick, the same Vontez Burfick that popped A.B. when A.B. was a part of the, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vontez Burfick was a part of the Cincinnati Bengals, both in the, in, the, in the AFC North. Now, how ironic is that? How bad has it gotten when your dude that you consider an enemy comes to your aid and says, wait a minute. Think before you do something that could be detrimental to your career. Now, not only does that speak volumes to Vontez Burfick and his maturity level, but also, too, the problem I had was this. And according to sources close to BSO, it was said that Antonio Brown used some verbiage that could have been deemed, that Mike Mayock deemed as racially charged. Now, I'm not going to get into those particular things that, according to the sources that are close to BSO, had reported. If you want to see it, you go to BSO's website. Um, but it got very, very heated. And to me, the problem I had, first of all, A.B. didn't help himself by trying to pick a fight with Mike Mayock. He who has the goal has the rules. You don't pick a fight. Uh, 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 and I, I'm not saying this from a financial standpoint, but in layman's terms, a poor man doesn't pick a fight with a wealthy man. You can't fight City Hall, right, and win. That's not what this is. That's not what's going to be in your future. God has a plan, but that ain't the plan for your life. Right. right. So what I'm saying is this man is in a position, whether we feel like he's truly the general manager or not. Mike Mayock is the general manager of the Oakland Raiders. Right. Who was appointed by the ownership as well as John Gruden. OK. And if you don't think John Gruden's on board with Mike Mayock, you're fooling yourself. I don't care what he comes out and says, whatever. He, he wouldn't let Mike Mayock, oh, he would be in strong disagreement of what Mike Mayock is doing if he wasn't on board with it. Okay, let's be clear about that. Because I know a lot of people get that twisted and say, oh, well, Mike Mayock is doing this, but Gruden is saying this. Who do you think is running the, running the scene? Who's the, who's the real boss? Okay, let's be clear about that. My problem was, if you're Mike Mayock and you're in a position of leadership, you were wrong to do to say something that lets things escalate in front of other personnel. That's my problem with 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 Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock could have taken a B behind the scenes, behind closed doors, and handled the situation that way. Now, if it escalated beyond that, then there's nothing you can do. But when you do it in front of personnel, or you say something to him in front of personnel, that is a problem. And I don't blame to a degree. I can't blame Antonio Brown for reacting. I can blame him for the way he reacted because he did not help himself. He made himself look even worse from the optic standpoint. And Antonio Brown could have been well in the right to say fire back what he fired back. I don't know exactly what he said. Scott doesn't know what he said. Many of you listening don't know what he said because none of us were in the room. However, at the end of the day, who's going to look worse? Mike Mayock or Antonio Brown? More than likely, it's going to be Antonio Brown based upon his track record, based upon who he is, and so forth. And I'm not going to get any deeper than that. But those of you that know, no. So Mike Mayock is going to come out smelling like crap, but looking like a rose. You understand what I'm saying? And I, and I like Mike Mayock. I think he's, he's, a, he's a tremendous guy. I think he's a very nice guy. I met him one time many, many, many years ago at an event. Many years ago. He probably doesn't even remember. I'd be shocked if he remembered who I was. But he's a very nice guy. So I don't have any 
personal against Mike May. I, I don't have nothing personal against Antonio Brown, even though many of you deem me as a Raider hater or deem me as a guy that doesn't like Antonio Brown. That's not the case. I don't know Antonio Brown. I just go off what I see and what I and what I hear as far as what's being said. I think he's a phenomenal football player. But as it pertains to his antics, hell no, I'm not with that. And as Raider Nation, you shouldn't be with it either. Because this is going to be a detriment to the team. And I told you guys this. And I'll say it again. This ain't the last time we're going to hear from Antonio Brown and his antics. I know he came with an apology and he had team captains around him and it was a very heartfelt apology. And I'm not saying the man isn't sincere when he's saying because I'm not here to judge another man's heart. But his actions will dictate his sincerity at this point, as far as I'm concerned. Antonio Brown has been nothing short of a diva. He has made Terrell Owens look like a saint. He makes you long for the days of bringing back T.O. And that ain't a good thing. And no disrespect to T.O. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, how things how things progress from this point. Uh, are the team captains, is that a real heartfelt apology? Was it crocodile tears? Uh, you know, was it, was it, was it your son getting caught, you know, red handed in a cookie jar? And the only reason he's upset is because he got caught, <laughs> you know, because he's going to be in a cookie jar, you know, the next time you ain't looking. It, it, what is it going to be? Is this, is this man going to, you know, because there's, po- there's so many positives about, uh, Antonio Brown. He's, that nobody works harder than him. His work ethic is 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 untouchable. Uh, you know, he's he's a good family man, God fearing man. Um, takes care of his family. Uh, he's a he's a, he's got that dog in him, and and the Raiders haven't had that since you know that, that real dog since Charles Woodson was on the team. And now you know they got two dogs. They got they got Perfect, and they got they've got uh, Antonio Brown. And Perfect, it was really interesting to see because Perfect's really taking this seriously. You know, uh, you know, he has nothing but respect for uh, just the first and foremost for Mike Gunther for for bringing him in. And, you know, he, he, he basically taught him that system and, and, and helped make him the player who he is, you know, guide him. He had the talent, you know, uh, Gunther had the system and, and the uh, uh, the, te- the teaching credibility to do it. But uh, the maturity to come in there and say, hey, man, you know, it, it's all well and good until we, we cross this line. Uh, you know, you can you can do a lot of different things. You can act a lot of different ways, but you, you, you can't do this and you got to be accountable, especially to the rest of the team. You, you've got to, you're a role model, you know, it, whether you like it or not, you know, you're a role model. You're a veteran. You have to um, set a standard. Your standards set kind of a little bit higher, in my opinion. If you're if you're that kind of person, you're going to get paid the big bucks. Um, you need to earn it off the field and on the field. So will this be a detriment going forward? We're going to find out. Uh, you know, that's all we can do is wait and see. Um, but uh, yeah, I will keep, say this. We'll y'all say this. keep waiting and seeing. I'm telling you, what, you I'm telling do. you what to see. Yeah, I'm telling well, you what to see. Okay. See, Scott just keeps wanting me. Scott just likes to eat, likes to eat his pie. Boy, I, you know, you. I'll, all you can do, but what, 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 <laughs> tell me, tell me what, I mean, they're not going to cut him tomorrow unless, you know, he punches. No, they're not cutting I mean, him at all. This ain't, no, this ain't Latrell. This ain't the Latrell Sprewell situation. You know, he ain't choke a coach yet. So, I mean, uh, you know. Well. Uh, uh, yeah, so. Well, you know. I mean, you know, we're going to move right along. I'm going to leave that be. Let, they said let <laughs> sleeping dogs lie. We, we, I'm going to let that be. I, I don't wish any bad on nobody. I hope. Like I said, 
I think the Raiders have a, a enormous amounts of talent in different positions. We've talked about this extensively. Yeah. Um, I like the wide receiver core with Tyrell Williams and those boys. I love, um, I love JJ. Um, you know, I love, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Derek Carr is going to prove this year. Cause this is his year to prove. I don't care what y'all say. This is his year to prove it. Or will he be left on the tarmac at Oakland airport? Right. What is it going to be? Because the Raiders don't have a favorable schedule starting out. I mean, when you no. look at the schedule for the Raiders, right? When I looked at the schedule for the Raiders, I said, okay, everybody's saying, oh, the Raiders can easily go 0-7, which I find that to be laughable. I find that to be a, a bit disrespectful to the Raiders because mm-hmm. I think that they, they are capable, not capable of going 0-7. I know the NFL did not favor them as far as the scheduling was concerned for the 2019 season. I get that. But the first two games you have at the Raiders on a Monday, I mean, excuse me, at the Broncos on a Monday night. And then you come back home on Sunday afternoon and face a tough Kansas City Chiefs team, which, by the way, I'm not believing the hype when it comes to the Chiefs. I do believe in Pat Mahomes. I do like Andy Reid as a head coach, but I'm not buying the hype as a, as a complete team with the Chiefs. But it's still going to be a very difficult game because anytime you face your opponents in the same division, they're going to play you tough, probably tougher than any other team in, in the AFC, right, or in football, period. Then I look and I say, okay, you guys go back on the road for a Sunday morning game against the Minnesota Vikings. That yeah. to me smells like a win to me. And yeah, then yeah. you got the Colts at the Colts, which could be a very difficult game for the Colts. I mean, for the Raiders, because Jacoby Brissett is not, a, is not somebody whom you should take lightly. Even though he may not be Andrew Lucky, the man has a strong arm. He's strong in the pocket. He has, you know, really good field vision. He knows how to find his targets. He can roll out if he needs to. Uh, that old line has been upgraded significantly from what they had the last couple of years. Um, I look at um, just different facets of the Colts beyond T.Y. Hill, right? Right. And then October 6th, you have the Raiders home to the Bears. Now, I love the. this is the return of Khalil Mack to Oakland, which I'm sure but, that's going to bring some, some mixed emotions in Raider but, Nation. Uh, that's the London game. It's a oh, home I'm sorry. Game, that is a London, London game. Oh, I apologize. Mm-hmm. I apologize. My bad, Raider fans. I know they're going to crush me on that. You're supposed to know it. we're in London. Yeah, You know it's what? All good. You don't know every damn thing either. How about uh, that? Uh, 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 and, and the Monday night game is, is, uh, is at, in the Coliseum. Yeah. It's not a – yeah. We're going to – they're going to they're gonna host the Denver Broncos. Oh, that's right. It is in the Coliseum. Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. I am tripping big time. I am tripping big time. I can't read today. I cannot read good. today. See, this Antonio Brown thing got me all – got my pressure all up. Got me stressing <laughs> over here. I can't even read the damn schedule correct because of this Antonio Brown foolishness. The hell is going on? But no, that's, <laughs> at, that's at Oakland Coliseum. Um, yeah. That's going to set the so tone you got two home. Season. You got two yeah. home games. I mean, they're still tough games regardless if you're playing oh, them on yeah. the road or if you're playing Absolutely. them at home. They're still two tough games. You got home to, yeah. the, to the Broncos. You got home to the Chiefs. I mean, they're still two tough games, uh, even though you're not you're not traveling. But I think traveling is at least of their worries as it pertains to these two games because they're still AFC West opponents. And Absolutely. These are these are games that you have to win, even if they get a split with these games. It's still a lot better than going down 0-2 facing the the Vikings on the road in week three, right? And then you go back on the road in week four against the Colts, as I mentioned earlier. Then, right. you, then you're in London. You, so now you got to travel to London. Yep. 
for quote unquote home game. Yep. Uh, against the Bears. Now again, I like the Bears defense. I think their defense is good. I don't trust their offense. I don't believe in as we saw on Thursday night. I don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky. I tried to tell you people that on another show, but nobody wanted to hear me. Thought I was a hater. Said, oh, Mitchell, oh, Mitchell. You're lathering him up, ball washing the guy. And look what he did on Thursday night against whom? Aaron Rodgers. Now, do you honestly think he's going to fare that much better against the Raiders? I don't think so. I, I put that down as a double. But. You got another early game on the road against the Green Bay Packers. That's going to be a tough smells, game. That smells like an L to me. Then you go on the road again, and you face the Houston Texans in Houston. Am I right, Scott? I got to check with you now because <laughs> I'm nervous. Now I I'm believe nervous. so. Yes, uh, it's all, all right. right. It's all, all right. good. I'll make sure all my four eyes are working. <laughs> you got Deshaun Watson. A brand new offense with Deshaun Watson. Still got DeAndre Hopkins. And you got JJ Watt. Never tough, never an easy place to play in NRG Stadium. Never an easy place to play. So that's what I'm looking at. And then of course later on, you're gonna you're gonna be home on November seventh, another AFC West opponent in the Los Angeles Chargers, who like to travel up to Oakland. And that's a to me, it's a toss up. That is a toss up game. And I believe that is a Sunday night game or Monday night game. When is the November 7th? Yeah, Monday night game. So it's yep. a Monday night game in Oakland, yep. November 7th, right? Which I'm going to try to go up there and try to cover. We'll, we'll see. Um, but my my thing is by, let's see, what is that? So we're looking at, let's see, the 7th. So we're looking at, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. By the ninth game, they could easily be five and four. Yep. They can be four and five. Or they could be three and six. Or they could be Easy. six and three. Ooh. That is also a possibility, my my good sir. That is also a possibility. But I haven't been drinking, so I'm not going to be crazy. I'm not going to be talking out here reckless. I'm not going to be talking crazy. I don't know about six and three. I don't know anything don't about know. that. I don't know about three and six either. I'm sober. I'm sober. <laughs> All right. I, uh, five and four. I deal four with the five, five and four. Five and four, four and five. That keeps the hope alive. I, I can uh, see. I can see. I can see four and five. I can see five and four. That's fine. But damn it, I'm not going to have you convince me of six and three. Uh, Scott, I will send you to rehab. Six. There you go. I will send you. I will send you to Betty Ford. That's it. I am not going to. I'm not going to allow you to get on here. I'm drinking the, I'm drinking talking the, records. the purple drink. Yeah, you sipping on that syrup. <laughs> sipping on the syrup. Yeah, no, you sipping I, on I, the scissor. You know, I just look at the possibilities, um, and it ran. It really depends. Uh, you know the the offense that we saw in preseason um, when we saw it, it was very limited. Um, Derek Carr looked. He looked in control. He looked confident. He looked like he he had a mastery of the playbook. And I get it. It's vanilla plays. I get it. Uh, but he was checking in and checking out of plays. He was looking really good. And, you know, all we can do is, you know, we can just look and see what we see. Now, granted, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it was in a, in a preseason setting. But if that Derek Carr shows up this season, it, it, it's going to be a 
the Raiders have a real good shot of doing some doing some good work, just like they did in 2016. When that team caught fire, it started believing in itself and it played above its ability because of its belief in itself. It was just they just believed, and you know that that's a faith faith in yourself and faith in your teammates can can turn average players into good players and good players into great players. Uh, you know when they're working working well as a team. You know, it's why why this A-B situation is so important because you don't want to mess that dynamic up. You don't want people thinking about things other than football at this point, you know, because this is it. The regular season is upon us, and the Raiders have an opportunity to leave Oakland in style. You know, I, I get it. You know, we could talk, all, you know, till we're blue in the face over the situation, but the reality is this is the last season in Oakland, and – the Raiders, in my opinion, as an organization, would do – it would be the greatest thing as a last gesture to the fans if this team made the playoffs, if it, if it, especially if it made it in such a way where they had a home playoff game so that, so that you know, there's, there's just a, that extra flavor at the end of the season. Because you take, you're talking about the schedule, the early part of it. December is brutal. December, you're at the Chiefs starting off. You got uh, you got the Titans coming uh, to the uh, to the Coliseum the next week, and the Titans are no joke. Now the Raiders have had their number over the last few years, but they are a tough team. They just play tough. They're you know you got the Jaguars. We don't know what they're going to be. We don't know what kind of team the Jaguars are going to be. Uh, but if uh, Nick Foles is hitting on all cylinders, well, we know what Nick Foles can do to the Raiders. Then you got the Chargers. They go down to Los Angeles. They go down yes, to Los indeed. Angeles to play the Chargers. And then they finish up in 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 Denver at Mile High, whatever you want to call it. Sports Authority, I don't remember what the new name is. Well, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. They're going to be playing. Mile high. Yeah, it is in Mile, mile high, in high. Exactly. And they that are high, is going high to be in the mile in Denver. Yeah, they're going to be tough. That's a tough game on a road to finish the season. You know, so uh you know, for Oakland, for for the fans in Oakland, the last game in Oakland right now is is the fifteenth of December. So it would be a nice treat to see them, you know, either squeak into the playoffs or at least, you know, have a home game. Uh you know. But we'll see. Well, speaking of what we'll see coming this season. Coming up on the other side of the break, we have the one and only the NFL reporter and insider MJ Acosta, the Emmy Award winning MJ Acosta, who breaks down some things concerning the Oakland Raiders and what she's up to as a reporter with that reporter life covering various teams, including the Oakland Raiders. So we'll get into a little bit of what she's into, as well as she'll give us some insight on the Oakland Raiders for this upcoming season. Make sure you stay tuned and listen on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Silver and Black Turf exclusively here at SB Nation on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. Stay tuned. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Silver and Black Turf right here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, exclusively on SB Nation. I'm your host, the one and only Nick Hamilton. I have a very special guest on the line. That's right. She is the Emmy Award winning NFL Network reporter. She covers all things Raiders. She's always up in Oakland and throughout the entire Bay Area. She's the one and only MJ Acosta. What's going on, MJ? How you doing? Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming on. I know you've been busy lately, especially with all the drama that's been going on 
in uh, Raider Nation. So we're definitely going to get into that. But first and foremost, I need to I want to ask you about this. Now, the coaching of this Raiders team seems to be an unusual way of coaching. I mean, you have so many diverse personalities from Antonio Brown to Derek Carr to Vontez Burfick to some of the rookies that have come in. Um, how do you see this team being coached differently than when it was coached last season with John Gruden? You know, I think there's just a deeper, sort of a deeper investment, if you will, because so many of these guys were handpicked uh, by Gruden and Mayock, and, and they've been very clear and very open about the team that they are building um, together. So I think that plays a whole lot um, into how they're coaching this team and, and what their vision uh, of the team is. When you say the vision of the team, because it, it seems to me like I was watching Hard Knocks. I know you, you've you been watching Hard Knocks, too. And even leading up to Hard Knocks, the funniest thing that John Gruden said was that, hey, we're not here to build dreams. We're here to crush dreams. We're here right. to cr- you got to crush the next man's dream. And I found that ultimately hilarious. Is that really what he's the message that he's disseminating amongst the, the, the various players as far as the ones that are on the team, the ones that are on the bubble possibly making the team? Yeah, I think what they're trying to create is a, sort of a, this rebuilt reputation. So not only going back to, you know, the, the Oakland Raiders of yore, but also um, tying that into the new identity in the Rudin re-era, if you will. Um, mm. So what they want is for people to, to be afraid to go up against them, to think like, dang, we got to go up against the Raiders this week and have that um, kind of reputation around the league to be the team to beat. Now, that's obviously going to take a little bit to get to that point. But when you see these guys that he's bringing in, the personalities he's bringing in, sort of that fearless, like, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to go out there and destroy you. Um, that's definitely what they're going for. Now, I know recently Mike Mayock came out and took a very strong stance against this whole silly, in my opinion, helmet issue with Antonio Brown. Um, I said that this was nothing but a distraction because I felt like that a lot of the players who did not like the changing over to the new helmet, such as Tom Brady and several others that did not like it, they went ahead and changed over anyway. Antonio Brown had to kick, scream, fight, scratch, claw, and make, to me, an over, a overzealous scene about this helmet. And it got so out of hand where we saw a clip of Mike Mayock saying that, you know what, either you're all in or you're all out. How real was that, and how how long did it take for Mike Mayock and anybody else in the Raider organization to be fed up with all of Antonio Brown's antics thus far? So, so here's the thing, with, and I and I went back and forth of this in my mind as it was all unfolding because it's just a, a lot of moving parts and a lot of pieces to consider. I understand in principle what he's fighting for and mm-hmm. how important it is, and that he needs the helmet. You know, I, I get that. I get how important especially this piece of equipment is. So I understand the fight and I, and the Raiders did too. They were super supportive, a hundred percent on board. Think where he lost people, especially Mayock was not showing up to that practice because he was upset about it. That to me is just like, okay, no. And Mike Mayock said it quite clearly. This is not what we're not going to do. You know, so he was really quick to kind of nip that in the bud. And the next day, um, A.B. was there and he's been there since then. So I think it was really smart of Mayock. And I think it it spoke volumes, the fact that he went straight to the beat reporters. He said this on the record, very clearly, didn't take questions um, and said enough. Like this is this is what's happening. So I think that was that was the point. 
Um, I don't think they were upset about it before, um, but once it starts to affect production and um, you take it upon yourself just not to be there, then, you know, anybody would be upset. And Mayock is not playing games in these streets. Like he knows that (laughs) as the first year GM coming in with all of these eyes on this team, he wants to make sure that what he's building is right and that it starts off right. So um, he was not about that life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, I was not 100% on board when the Raiders acquired Antonio Brown because we saw what he did in Pittsburgh. And I said, this is only the tip of the iceberg. I said, this is the kind of guy you want in your locker room with younger guys around. And this is the type of example that you want to set. And everybody crushed me, told me I was a Raider hater. I wasn't giving Antonio a fair shake. Okay, fine. Giving him a fair shake. Now we go through these antics. Do you see Antonio Brown once he get past, once he gets past this helmet issue, do you foresee any type of any other antics that he may be able to throw into the mix throughout the course of the season? I mean, I can't imagine what else there could be. You know, I mean, I think mm-hmm. that the foot injury was just a freak accident. Unfortunately, it just sucked. <laughs> that was sort of out of his control. The helmet thing, again, like I said, I understand it to a point. Um, and I think Mayock did exactly what he needed to do to make sure that he that that was stopped immediately. Um, and he's been back and he's been back with the team. Like I, I do ultimately. And this is me like, OK, I'm going to just uh, this is like clean slate, new team, new year. Like I really want to see what progresses here without putting in too much of, of, of the Antonio Brown with the Steelers situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so call me an optimist. Sure. Um, but I, I really think that he does care. I, I don't think you can be somebody who has that caliber of talent and that competitive and not actually care. You know, I think he does care more than more than people realize, but it all has to come together, right? Like it, it can't just be a, a piecemeal type of situation. So I'm anxious more than anything for the season to start so we can see this full rhythm and the full team, the starters, who makes the rosters, with Antonio Brown on there and how that um, evolves on the field. I've always said that I thought Antonio Brown pound for pound was the best wide receiver. And when they got him on paper, I thought it made the Raiders incredibly better. I thought it took mm-hmm. an enormous amount of pressure off of Derek Carr as far as his ability to perform and putting all on him instead of spreading the, the responsibility around evenly. I love the wide receiver core with Tyrell Williams. Yes. You look at Antonio Brown. How does Derek Carr deal with all of this now? How does Derek Carr move forward? I mean, that's his guy. I mean, when he, when Antonio showed up day one, him and Derek Carr looked like they were old friends, like they grew up together. But you didn't hear a lot from Derek Carr throughout the entire helmet issue and all the things that transpired. What is the mentality of Derek Carr now moving forward as he finishes out, you know, going through the, the process of, of uh, preseason and getting ready for the regular season? I mean, Derek has been pretty laid back about everything. In that, in terms of the headlines, when it comes to the stuff on the field, he's been as focused and as um, in control as I've mm-hmm. ever seen him throughout his career. So I will say that um, in my observation, observations on it, I think Derek gets what the bigger picture is here and what they can really do once they get out on the field. And they'll be able to spread the ball around. They have AB, they have Tyrell. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be incredible as a running out of the backfield for this team. Um, so I think he gets that. He's seeing what the the big picture is uh, for this team and the pieces that they have now. Um, so I think that's what he's focused on more than anything else, as he, as he should be, truly. 
Oh, absolutely, because we all know whether people want to admit it or not, this is a do or die year for Derek Carr. If Derek mm-hmm. Carr doesn't get the job done, he will not. He will be stuck on the tarmac in Oakland International Airport. Uh, <laughs> he will not be going across state lines, as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, you never know. We'll see. When I look at um, the rest of this Raider team, I mean, what do you look at? I mean, I, I love the fact of how the Raiders, and especially John Gruden, is taking care of Josh Jacobs out of Alabama, rookie running back. He's kind of bringing him on along slowly. But when do you see at what point does Josh Jacobs take a lump sum of the, the responsibilities at running back? And is there still – how long is the learning curve going to last coming into the regular season for Josh Jacobs? I think he's going to get it very quickly. One of the things that Josh said to me even early on, we're talking like mini camp, OTA's mm-hmm. time, was how surprised he was with how quickly he was able to pick up the playbook and the offense. And from what we've seen out um, at training camp and through practices um, leading up to these preseason games, he's shown sort of his his IQ, his offensive IQ here, and in getting what Gruden wants him to do and what this whole scheme is. Um, so I think he'll he'll catch on really quickly. He'll be able, quite literally, to hit the ground running um, um, in this aspect. I, I, I have tremendous hopes for him, uh, and I think that he will be able to deliver. You've been in training camp every day. You've gone through the ringer. I felt like MJ was out there kind of going through some of the routes and going through some of the runs because you've done an exquisite <laughs> job as far as reporting and being there on the field, getting great, you know, uh, video and photos of what's going on, kind of bringing everyone into and keeping Raider Nation abreast of what's going on. Who is on the bubble on, in, in your estimation as far as making a team? We all know cuts are coming within the next week or so. Who is on the bubble? Who has a great opportunity to, to make this squad? Oh, man. here. So here's the good thing coming out of this camp. There is a lot of talent. Um, you know, James Jones and I were talking about this in, in the first day of training camp up in Napa, just like you look at the roster and, and, and the guys that that are working for jobs on this team. They've got a really stacked kind of a training camp situation, which is a, a good problem to have. But one mm. of the guys I'm really pushing for, especially after if you saw the latest episode of Hard Knocks, is Darren Waller. I think his his story is so incredible. Um, I don't want to call it a comeback story. I just think it's a story of growth of somebody who's put in the work for himself as a man and equally so as a player. He's looked tremendous out at training camp. He's one of the guys that Gruden has been high on since OTAs um, and the offseason program um, and somebody who's really working hard and I think as a tight end can just be tremendous for this team. That's one of those big question mark positions um, surrounding the Raiders because we know what's going to happen at wide receiver. We know what's going to happen at running back. So offensively, the tight end situation was like, hmm, who we got there? And I think he can be that piece um, that could really be the X factor for them. Now, one guy I, I love and I've really been watching, especially in training camp, I've been watching him in hard knocks. Is Jonathan Abram. I think to me, he's mm-hmm. a stellar talent. I think he's a stud. I think he's going to really get after it. What have you seen and what has been his mentality as far as his level of expectation, not just for himself, but what he has for the for his his team? You know, I, I, I love Jonathan Abram. I think he, especially having seen a different side of him at um, on Hard Knocks, I kind of misread him a little bit, um, not having known too much about him uh, prior to him getting drafted, other than, you know, the stats and, and the research that we do. But personality-wise, I interviewed him that first day um, when he was introduced after the draft. And he just came off as this, like, young, hungry, kind of, like, 
really funny kid who, who just wants to come in. And he very quickly made that shift to, no, I belong here. This is why they drafted me as high as they did. And I'm about to show y'all why this defense is going to be so strong. Um, and I love that. I love that about him. Um, I think he's, he, it's always good when you have to tell somebody, maybe dial it back just a touch rather than having to, <laughs> <laughs> rather than having to pull yeah. something out of someone. Right. Um, and I think he has that. I think now it's just kind of perfecting, you know, his, his finesse, um, if for lack of a better word there, but I think he's going to be, he's going to be great um once once the season starts for sure he has been throughout training camp as well oh absolutely i mean he had a motor running when he was at mississippi state um right. you can see flashes of what he would probably be like on the right team in the right scheme um at mississippi state so i'm not surprised at what he's doing in oakland and like you said i agree if you, it's, it's always better to, to have more than less it's always better to have a guy dialed back than instead of then try to constantly motivate a guy who's just trying to get into the league that's not always a good sign one of my favorite quotes was at the beginning of camp in that introductory press conference was John Gruden saying, I'm going to change my number so Jonathan Abram can't find me. Because he's like <laughs> constantly in his ear asking Gruden about plays and what do you want me to do, coach? And that's great. Like, that's exactly what you want to see. You want your coach to be so sick of you for asking him football questions. Like, I think that's a great sign. Oh, yeah. Like I said, he's going to be a beast. I can't wait to watch him. I'm sure you're going to be right there watching him. The thing I I noticed is that when Charles Woodson came back, what was the attitude when you saw Charles Charles Woodson came back to talk to the guy, especially guys like Jonathan Abram and others? Just the fact of who Charles Woodson is. To me, he's always been, I would say, the second best corner of all time right under Deion Sanders. Oh, without without question. And that's exactly what it, you felt his presence when he walked into training camp. And the guys felt that and they fed off of that. You could tell like they wanted to show him like, how look how hard we're working for your team to live up to the, the standard that you've set. And especially with, with Jonathan Abram as well. It was like, oh crap, what's in here? This is not a game. Like, and I thought that it was, it was so great. Like, cause we had so many Raiders alumni come through training camp and, I, I think that was by design um, to make sure that the that the new players, because there are a lot of young guys here too, really understood what the history and the legacy of the Raiders is. Um, so that, if nothing else, that definitely drove it home. Now, the one thing that Jonathan Abram said, and it really stood out to me for a young guy uh, with so much potential, but he's to me he comes off like a, a young man that's kind of wiser than his years indicate, and. After having the, the the joint scrimmage with the Rams, one thing Jonathan Abrams said is that we learn we can compete with anybody. For a young man to come into this league to have that type of confidence, how does that how does that become a ripple effect amongst others? I mean, I, I listened to Vontez Burfick, and when he was kind of highlighting Jonathan Abrams and several other players, I mean, you have a veteran like Vontez Burfick talking about you. What does that mean for the entire core of that defense, as far as just the, the continuity and uh, the the uh, the uh, togetherness that they that they display right now uh, on and off the field. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a difference between having a chip on your shoulder and and between having true confidence in not only your ability but the ability of uh, of your group. And they have both, um, so they know that this is a year where they're trying to prove themselves not only in their division but in the league as 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 a team who's really competitive. And equally so, these guys are hyper confident like they know that they have the skill and it's about putting it out there and making sure they're executing it um to where it yields the results that they want um so that is paramount in all of this um you can't flinch there's no second guessing there's not like 
well, yeah, we could probably go toe to toe with these guys. Like it goes back to what you said at the beginning. John Gruden does not want anyone to come up against the Raiders and think like, ah, that's a W for us. You know, they want people to be scared. And so that's the mentality. Now you've seen their schedule. I've seen their schedule. They have a very, very tough schedule. Where do you see this thing finished? (laughs) Man, they pissed somebody off. I don't know what happened. I mean, they're gone for a month. They got to go to London. They just got back from Canada. I mean, goodness gracious. If if ever there's like a battle test, this is it. Um, And so, so much of it, especially when a team is on the road for that long and the amount of miles that they're going, um, the the biggest factor here for them to, to really really be competitive in the latter part of the season once they're back home is making sure these guys are staying staying healthy i think the travel um is going to be a huge challenge mm-hmm. it's going to be a huge challenge for them um i can't imagine um what it's like to go through a game get beat up because it just that's just the game of football and then have exactly. to hop on a plane be on top of your recovery be on top of your nutrition like it, it it's going to be a battle. Um, I, I I don't know. I think that that to me, like, yeah, you look at opponents and you look at strength of schedule. I think the travel schedule for the Raiders is going to be one of the biggest hurdles. So what, what record do you see them finishing at the end by the end seasons in? Uh, let's go. I can see them with a minimum of, of eight wins. I'm going to go on, uh-huh. the, on the upside here. Yeah. Yeah. I said the same thing. Yeah, I said I said I said eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. They're able to sneak out a game by a field goal or something like that, like a last minute field goal. But I said eight and eight because I look at the division that they're in. I look at the AFC West. You have Kansas City. <laughs> you have the Los Angeles Chargers. If they can ever figure out the Melvin Gordon situation, if Kansas City can figure out that that their defensive struggles, um, those are the two teams that they're going to have to battle throughout the right. season. And I don't see the Raiders right now being better than those two teams that I mentioned. Am I wrong in that or am I, or am I just being a complete Raider hater? No, I don't think, I don't think you're wrong. I just think that that's definitely the task um, for this season, them divisionally, like without question, everybody is chasing the chiefs and the chargers who constantly get gleaned over, despite the fact that they made <laughs> it to the postseason <laughs> last year are extremely competitive and extremely ta- uh, stacked in terms of talent. So that to them, if I'm if I'm looking at um what I like to call Mike Mayock and John Gruden's like detective wall, where they have like pictures <laughs> to me of like all of the teams that they're really really uh, gonna have to fight against. Those are the top two, uh, without question. And um you'd be hard pressed um to find anybody else who disagrees. Like it's 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 just gonna be incredibly difficult. But if they can get this machine going, they can be competitive. But it all has to it all has to sink, right? And then so that's that's always like the magic sauce that that every team is looking for. Look how long it took the Chargers to build this, right? It's it's been right. four or five seasons um in the works to get to this point. Um so it it's the the battle in this division is 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 gonna be hype for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's gonna be I mean, it's gonna be a jammed up division. I mean, when I look at what the, the schedules for all three teams are gonna go through and I mean it's gonna be a jam packed division. Do you do you think that Mike Mayock, John Gruden and company, are they kind of looking at the Chargers as far as saying, hey, look at where they've come from? Because I know I've heard John Gruden mention about the Rams and he was saying how, hey, two years ago, this team was terrible. And look at what they've done in the last two to three years. They made it to the Super Bowl. 
Mm-hmm. Do you think they look at some at the charges as far as how they've built that that chemistry and how they built that team and they kind of not so much mimicking but kind of charting their progress and kind of looking at themselves and saying, "Hey, where are we and where are we going to go?" I think the reason Gruden likes to do the li- likes to use the Rams reference is because it was such a stark and such a fast um change mm-hmm. with that team, like from worst to first, quite literally. Um, whereas the Chargers, I think, have 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 been more on like the slow and low kind of plan and like built pieces throughout the draft and, you know, acquiring guys here and there where it took him to this point. But it took far longer than it did for for the Rams to see that success and make it to a Super Bowl. Um, so I think there, he he likes that. And that's what he wants. You know, that kind of like, holy crap, Gruden came in here and in two years. Damn. Look what he did. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would assume that he's he's looking at closer. Now, last thing before I let you get on out of here, you've been doing this great. You've been doing this job greatly for quite a long time. I remember meeting you when you were in San Diego at a San Diego station, NBC station. Um, and now you've you've graduated to the NFL network. <laughs> um, you've done you've, you've done a, a sideline reporting. You've done. Uh, you've been an insider, still are. I mean, let me be very clear. She's still at the NFL Network, y'all. I don't want to start no rumors. Um, But then you've also been able to evolve uh, throughout your career. How fun is it when you start making those stepping stones and those milestones just to kind of give everybody a glimpse of what your day is like and and what you're doing? I mean, essentially, it seems like you're doing your dream job. Without question, it really is. But that it took a lot of years of being in the trenches, right? And I'm still there. Um, I've been in this biz in broadcasting, sports broadcasting specifically, almost a decade. Um, So I think people see, you know, I've been at the NFL Network now almost a year exactly. And so people see that body of work, which is super important. Like you said, my dream job, but, you know, the submerged part of the iceberg that has taken a decade to get here equally as important as the work that I'm doing now. Um, and it took a lot of, a lot of L's, uh, a lot of work, a lot of sacrifices too, but I, I can't picture myself doing anything else. Um, and it is a lot of fun when like these things happen and I can say like, wow, like I never thought I'd be, you know, doing a, a Monday night football for, you know, on the NFL ne- network providing that coverage. And then very quickly, it's like, Oh crap. Like it, it's, it's a responsibility almost because I know there's so many other women in the biz. So many other women of color in the biz who, um, look at that as an example. So I'm like, I can't mess it up for everybody else that's in this battle with me. And so I, I got to keep pushing. So every single day, um, it's about just learning more, growing more and getting better and not ever being complacent. Um, you know, with, with whatever praise comes your way, you take the good, but you also got to keep yourself focused on on making sure you're elevating your game every single moment we're definitely watching i know a friend of mine and colleague of yours and friend of yours fernando ramirez who works for nbc7 in san diego we always talk about you like yo did you see mj did you see what she did did you see where she is you see the video she got at ab you know and a lot of raider fans i know yeah a lot of raider fans i know talk about you as well which is on which is a good thing so you know congratulations to all your success uh, we're definitely looking forward to catching you on the sidelines this season. I'll be up there in Oakland at some point with a couple of games. So hopefully we can connect up there as well. For sure. And thank you guys so much for always um, supporting. I try to bring you guys the real stuff um, and just kind of like, I'm going to leave this right here for you. This is what I saw. You make your <laughs> opinions. 
Um, but I will be covering that, of course, that Monday night football game, the season opener at, at the Coliseum. So I'm excited to see Raider Nation. I will say this. I can't think of another fan base that I've covered in the NFL that goes as hard as, as Raider Nation. Woo! Boy. Raider Nation is gangster. And I'm telling you, I can't wait for the very last game because those emotions and those fans and what they've suffered through the entire time that they've been in Oakland – it's really kind of – it's going to be interesting to see how everybody reacts to that final game uh, in Oakland. Yeah. But while, but until that moment, we're going to definitely enjoy the time in Oakland. Uh, hopefully they can rack up some Ws. And if you miss any portion, make sure you check out MJ Acosta on the NFL Network. She gives you all your Raiders coverage. She's all over the NFL Network. If you have DirecTV, it's Channel 212. If you have any other service, I have no hell of an idea what channel it is. Just look for it. Learn how to read <laughs> Thank you so much to your Emmy Award-winning MJ Acosta from the NFL Network. Thank you so much for your time, MJ. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Nick. Anytime. I'm looking forward to being back. All righty. So that was MJ Acosta from NFL Network breaking down some news and notes when it comes to the Oakland Raiders this season. Look, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting real tired of preseason. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to see the regular season. Let's get. Let's go to 1-0 Raider Nation. Let's get it over with. I can't wait. September is almost upon us. So make sure you tune in. Listen, they about to turn on the sprinklers on me, so I got to get going. Uh, my partner, Scott Winter, and I will be back next week when it comes to these same stations right here on SB Nation, the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. You're listening to the turf, the Silver and Black Turf. I'm your host, Nick Hamilton. Until next time, stay sharp, y'all. Let's get it, Raider Nation. Stand up. We out. And we'd like to thank MJ Acosta for coming on. Appreciate you, MJ, so much. Thank you for coming on. Great insight, as usual. Make sure you check her out on the NFL Network. She's all over it, breaking everything down. So thank you so much, MJ. Appreciate that insight. We'll definitely have her on uh, again sometime during the season, uh, along with some other guests that we'll be having on this show as the season continues to progress. You just rub elbows with elbow everybody, man. <laughs> you got, that's you what you get. Man, the grind is yeah, real, man. You're, you're grind out there in Los is Angeles, real. rubbing elbows with everybody, man. That's great. Hey, man, that's you know free, what? Man. I do. Yeah. I do it for the people, man. I do yeah. it for the Raider Nation. I do it for the people, man. Whatever we can do to uplift Raider Nation, I'm all for it. Even though I'm, I'm the diabolical Raider hater, according to some, but that's all good. Huh. I'll take that with a badge of honor, you know. But anyway, um, so this is the conclusion of our show. Hey, man, they turn on the sprinklers. I'm hearing the sprinklers starting to rise up. I'm not trying to get wet. I know, Scott, you're not trying to get wet, so we got to get off the turf, man. It's time for us to bounce on our body here. But thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in to the Silver and Black Turf. Make sure you check us, check us out every week here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, exclusively on SV Nation. Make sure you follow along, download, tell a friend. Come on, Raider Nation, stand up. Be proud. The season is here. What are you going to do? Let's, we'll, we'll get into week one and the aftermath of week one uh, next week. So make sure you stand up. Stay tuned. Make sure you follow me on all things social media at Nick Hamilton LA. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine. Scott, where can they find you? At uh, Scott underscore winter NFL. All right. And there you have it. Until next week, Raider Nation, stand up. We are officially out.